Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Our church tried to cover every subject. We are the family, so we try to be holistic. We don't just emphasize only one topic, and that's it. And every Sunday, you just hear one topic, and on and on. We try to cover different subjects. This time, I'm going to start a series called God's Way Out. When I went to London, and I get used to American vocabulary called exit. But when I got into the train station in London, I look at the sign, way out. Why way out? Not exit. So I learned that the word way out is the same as exit. God's way out. Let's look at the scripture together. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This is going to be the main scripture for this series. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the word, giving us the Bible. And Lord, we want to know your truth, and we believe the truth shall set us free. The knowledge of the truth will help us to have victory in life. We receive the truth today and we want to put it into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When things do not happen the way we want or soon enough that we expect, we are tempted to worry, to wonder, and to get discouraged. And sometimes we hear the voice of the enemy saying, Oh, God doesn't care. His promise is not true. He's a liar. It will never come to pass. In fact, many things have not happened in your life after you pray or you expect the promise of God because you are not ready for receiving those things. You are not ready yet. And this is one of the examples in the Bible, the promise of God of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Lord came back today, many millions of people would have been lost. Thank God He hasn't come back. He gives us more time so that we can all repent and many people will come to know the Lord and will not be in trouble. I thank God that God did not come back to the world before 1980 because if He came back before 1980, I would have been lost. Now, because I got saved in 1981. Thank God he's still waiting. He is so patient. God hasn't come back. Let us be glad that there are more sometimes for us to witness to our friend, to our relative. And he doesn't want anyone in the world to perish. But he wants everybody to come to repentance. He wants everyone to be saved. Let me be clear to you in this series of teaching. It's never been 
God's will for anybody to perish or to be destroyed. Are there people out there being destroyed or perishing, either emotionally, physically, financially, family, whatever, money, materially? Are there those people who are perishing right now? Yes. Many things that happen in the world are not the will of God. You need to understand this. Because human has free will. So people have the choice. But any form of destruction, any form of loss, any form of negative or darkness things are not the will of God at all. Our God come to give life and give it more abundantly. So perishing and destruction is never the will of God. Now we're going to look at the Bible together. How to get out of destruction? What is the way out of destruction and being perished? So we have to look at the Bible. The Bible say in Second Peter chapter three verse nine, he say that he doesn't want anybody to be destroyed, but everyone to repent. Which is better? Let me ask you. Between perishing and repenting, which one is better? Repenting. Repentance is a good word. It's not a dirty word. When you heard the word repentance, you may think in your heart, oh, I know about it. Let's move to the next subject. Pastor, this series should be only one sermon. I know about it. It's over. It's done. Thank you so much for reminding me about repentance. Actually, repentance is the exceedingly good word. Very good word. Because it's much better to repent than to be perished or to be destroyed. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. I'm going to quote another passage in the scripture regarding repentance. 2 Timothy 2, 23. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. I want to stop here a little bit talking about how to help people to repent and come out from destruction. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy starting with the sentence, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. Paul tried to say that strife doesn't help people to repent. Argument, fighting, quarreling will not help anybody to come to know God. Therefore, he said, avoid foolish, ignorant disputes or quarreling. My dear brother and sister, in our life, every one of us is going to face the situation that somebody will come and say something to get on our nerve. Believe me. Or they may raise the question that make you feel that you are being put down, you are being despised or put down in your heart, or make you feel insecure. They may say something that you want to fight and raise your voice and just talk back to them. They may sarcast you. They may raise some question to you that make you feel very bad. And all of us face that. How many people never face that situation? Never face I face that situation myself. People come and just say something to make you really upset. I'll give you one example in the Bible that 
even Jesus faced the same situation. Jesus is the best model of how to handle the conversation when people come. People may be sent by the devil, or people may come by their flesh to stir you up to get you mad or to make you feel very uncomfortable. In Matthew 21, 23-27, Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him, confronted Jesus, as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus went into the temple. He overturned the table. And then he preached the word. He taught the word. All these religious leaders, the chief priests and the elders of the people were upset because they thought that they were uh, the ones who hold authority. Who is this young man, 30-something years old, came in to do something like this in my territory? They were mad and they wanted to accuse him and put him to shame in front of public. They wanted to make him feel bad in front of public, to, in front of everybody. Therefore, they raised a good question. What authority do you have to do this? Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing. Do you notice that Jesus did not answer them? Jesus asked back, Which, if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? Because John the Baptist is the one who pointed his hand to Jesus. That is the Lamb of God. Everyone, don't follow me, follow him. John the Baptist witnessed about Jesus. But if we say from men, we fear the multitude. For all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus turned the table upside down two times. The first time is a physical table. The second time is a verbal table. People came to challenge him, to attack him, to accuse him. But he did not argue with emotion. He did not yell back. He did not, did not start to quarrel with them. He did not dispute with them. He just stayed calm in faith. We need to follow his example. Stay calm, stay in faith, peace and joy. And listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to give us the way to communicate in love and in wisdom. Jesus listened to the Holy Spirit and he asked the question back. So when the devil comes to you and asks you, why are you not healed yet? You pray for healing, you're not healed yet. You don't have to give the answer to him. You just ask the question back to the devil. What are you going to do in hell? If he asks you, when God going to give you a new job, more salary, you keep praying, you believe God going to help you to pay off your bills. You don't have to answer him. You just ask him back. How are you going to feel when that day the angels of the Lord coming down from heaven with big chain and put chain on you and they're going to put you in the pits? How are you going to feel? Sometimes 
you don't have to argue with people. You ask question back and let them pull back. That is the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. He never argued with anybody. He never want to fight with anybody or quarrel with anybody. He was speaking with wisdom. That should be the lifestyle of every servant of the kingdom of God. We don't entertain argument. We don't want have a quarrel session with anybody. We stay calm so that we can win them to the Lord. Let me continue to read in New King James Version in Second Timothy two twenty three to twenty six again. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord, who is a servant of the Lord in this room? Raise your hand up. Who is a servant of the Lord? Me too. Must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him, by the devil, to do his will. In order to help people to repent, we don't yell, say harsh words. We are not mean. We should be easy to get along and be gentle and humble. In NIV, say in verse 25, those who oppose him, he must gently instruct. Everyone say gentle. Everyone say humility. Everyone say be kind. Okay. Everyone say sweet. In the hope that God will grant them. Everyone say grant. Grant means give you a gift. Grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. My dear brother and sister, if you want to help your loved ones or your friend to repent, to come out from the snare and the trap of the enemy. The Bible says we need to be sweet and be gentle to people. Don't yell, don't argue, don't quarrel. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Proverbs 27, verse 9, the sweetness of the man of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. My dear brother and sister, if you try to help people to come to know God and to repent, and you use short, abrupt, and harsh talk, they will shut their ear off, they will cut you off, or they may not want to cut you off, they will look at you, your voice never get into their brain. It just bows off from their eardrum. Because you are not speaking with love, you're not speaking in a gentle way, you are so harsh, you yell, you are mean to them, you need to be calm, be gentle. The way you talk is very important. How people are going to receive it or not. You may speak the truth and they need to hear that truth, but if you yell and use harsh words, why are you so stupid? Do you have a brain? You say something like this, they shut the ear off right away. You need to be gentle and very humble and 
very kind to people because kindness and sweetness goes a long way. People will listen to you more. They may not listen to you the first time because they're still stubborn. But if you kind to them, sweet to them, one day they will come back to you and listen to you again because they know that when they come back to you, you're going to speak to them in a sweet way. Amen. Everyone say be calm. Everyone say be kind. Repentance is the gift. It's a gift from God. God can grant repentance to people. Everyone make a decision today from now on. We will not argue with anybody. We will not be quarrelsome or argumentative. We're going to be people who are easy to get along with. When the non-believers see us, they see us that we are so calm, so gentle, and so polite. They will like to know our God. Amen? Because we are so calm, we are so polite. Sometimes people may come to tell you to do something that you don't agree. Sometimes people may come to you to agree with them something that is not biblical. Let me say it this way. You don't have to agree or to do what people say. You can say no, but say no in a calm, gentle, and kind way. You don't need to raise your voice and yell and scream and be rude. You just say, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. You just stay calm. You are unmoved, but you're still gentle. Being rude, yelling, quarreling are the sign of immaturity, are the sign of insecurity. I want you to grow up and be calm and be mature. You, un- you are unmoved by the situation, but you're still calm and you're still kind and gentle to other people. Husband and wife in this room, can I give you some suggestion a little bit about talking in the house? Don't yell. Don't be rude to each other. Husband and wife, I would like to recommend you, instead of telling, you asking. It's different between telling and asking. You can talk to your wife this way. Honey, I have told you so many times. Have you listened to me? You must do this. That is telling. But another way you talk to your wife this way. Honey, what do you think about this? What should we do? If you start the conversation that way, it will make the relationship much different. Everyone say, no telling, but asking. Actually, in your heart, you already know the answer. You already know what you want to do. But you don't come to your spouse by telling her what to do, telling him what to do. You come and say, what do you think? I'd like to hear from you. In this way, no argument. Just be gentle to talk to one another. Amen? Don't be pushy. Don't be quarrelsome if you want to help people. Repentance is a gift. Repentance is good. It's a gift from God. And we can pray that God will give this gift of repentance. He can grant this gift to your relative, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your classmates who are being trapped by the devil, who are in bondage, in the darkness and habits of sin. You can ask God to give them repentance. God will do His part, but you need to do your part by being gentle and presenting the truth to them in a gentle way. When they receive the gift of repentance 
and they receive the truth, the truth shall set them free, and they shall be free from the trap of the enemy. They will come out from being destroyed by the enemy or destruction, and they will not perish. I heard the TV interviewers say this way: This guy asked. The pastor or the preacher in the TV. Do you agree with me that Jesus always taught love and acceptance? And many preacher in the TV in that interview nod their head. Yes, Jesus taught love and acceptance. So the man tried to lead the pastor to say, "It means other religions are correct. You need to accept them. It's okay to believe in other gods." That's the interviewer in the. TV program try to lead or the pastor to. Let's look at the Bible. What did Jesus really preach? Mark chapter one, fourteen and fifteen. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel." What did he preach? Did he preach? Oh, I accept you the way you are. I accept your sin. It's okay. Go on and keep sinning. You're gonna be destroyed by the devil anyway. That's okay. Did he preach acceptance? People who say Jesus preached love and acceptance try to say that okay, you are Christian. You love me. You need to accept my sin. In fact, as a believer, we should not accept any sin. Including my own sin. Sin is bad. Sin is evil. Yes, we love people, but we don't agree with their sin. Amen. We don't condemn them, but we don't agree with what they're doing. We don't have to point the finger to them, but we don't agree. We rather encourage people to repent and turn away from sin. Our we too. We should not accept any sin in our own life. We should repent as soon as possible. Repentance is very most powerful principle in the Bible because it will set you free, take you out from destruction, and put you back to relationship with God. It's the way out and the way back to God. The way out from destruction and the way back to the sweet relationship with the Lord. What is repentance? There are four Greek words in the New Testament that explain repentance. It means number one, care afterwards, which means the idea of regret after you do something wrong. You regret of doing something wrong. Second one, to think differently, or to reconsider your action and your attitude. Number three, to change one's mind and purpose. Or to feel uneasy in the conscience about the action that caused damage or doing wrong to other people, or remorse, uneasy or hesitation about the rightness of the action. You do something and you feel like, is it right to do this? I may need to reconsider. I have to think about this carefully. Sometimes thing is not black and white. Sometimes it's a gray zone. And especially for me as a pastor, sometimes should I do that? It's a gray zone. Should we do this? It just happened to me in Pasada. Somebody handed us a check, and it said for your ticket to go to come to this city. 
we just want to bless you the ticket amount, and we say we don't want that money because the church already paid for us. And the answer from the giver say like this: Oh, then you keep it for yourself. That's okay. Then it's a gray zone: should we keep it or should we give it to the church? But the conviction, the conscience say, no, we should not keep it. Pastor Da came back home from Thailand. She wrote a check and gave to the church the same amount. Because in our conscience, we feel that it's not right to keep that money. Even though the giver already say it's for you, you can keep it. But the original purpose is for the airplane ticket, so we have to give back to the church. Is it clear? We need. To make sure everything, if you feel uneasy to do that, it means God is convicting you something. Then you may need to repent. You may need to change, have a change of your course or your action or decision. Actually, all these four words connect to the root word in Greek language that is translated metamorphosis, which means to change, to transform. Now, in conclusion. What does it mean to repent? To repent means to change. To change. And by this time, you say, "Thank you, Pastor. I graduate now. I know repentance means to change. Can you just quit this sermon and go on to other subject? Maybe healing. I like to learn more about healing. Oh, it's so wonderful to lay hand on somebody and they get healed. I feel so good. Let's stop repentance. But you know, a lot of people." Get the definition from the Bible and just stay at the abstract part of the definition. Let me show you example that definition is not about abstract or context or just idea. Hebrew chapter eleven verse one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everyone know if you are all believer that the whole book of Hebrew is the book. Or the chapter of faith, the first verse in the book of Hebrew, chapter eleven, give us the definition of faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. That is the definition of faith. But after that verse one, the Bible records example after example of after example of how faith talked. How faith works, how faith acts. So, in other words, the definition of anything in the Bible is not just about abstract. Some people say, "Oh, I know the definition of grace. Grace means unmerited favor, and then done, and then have nothing to do with it." Some people say, "Repentance means to change. Thank God to change. I know in my brain now. Actually." The real definition of repentance, of faith, or grace, is something that you live by every day. You take action on it. You really show in action that you change, and you live by the definition. It's not just abstract idea, but you live according to what you understand. You change your life. You change your mind. You change your idea. You change the way you think. You change. 180 degree. When you truly repent, true repentance bring the real change to people's life. John the Baptist. How many people do John the Baptist? John the Baptist preach repentance. 
Why did John the Baptist preach repentance? Because he's a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was preparing the heart of people in that generation, the Jews, to be ready to meet the Messiah in the first coming. In other words, if the people in that generation did not repent, did not change the way they thought, the way they saw things, the way they believed, the way they acted, they would not be able to receive Jesus into their life. They have to change first to welcome the first coming of the presence of the Messiah. Today, the church of Jesus Christ, me as a preacher, preach you repentance like John the Baptist to prepare you for the great day of His coming. We are preparing the church for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to repent. Otherwise, you will not make it when He show up. You may not be in heaven with me. Lately, God spoke to me one thing. I start to discover. Some people show up in this church and I assume they are Christians. They come every, every, every Sunday. They show up, they eat lunch with us. And one day God showed me, son, he commanded me two weeks ago, son, from now on, everyone show up in this church and they look like they are members. They come every Sunday. Make sure somebody sit down with them and explain the gospel again one more time, making sure they are born again. They repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, on that day when you stand in front of me in, in heaven, you're going to be surprised that many of people who sit in this room are not making it. Because they just come here for social, to get a job, to meet friends, to eat good lunch. They never repent. The message of repentance is to prepare this generation to meet Jesus Christ, to get the good thing from Him. Amen? So quiet today. People love the message of repentance. Not missing Jesus is a good thing. Repentance is good. Not perishing is good. Being ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ is good. Therefore, repentance is a good word. It's not a bad word. Okay? When you repent, actually, you almost don't need anybody to pray for you. Because when you repent, you move the hand of God from heaven down to perform mighty things for you. You will automatically be set free from the trap of the enemy. The sin in your life fall off. You're going to be set free. Miracles shall happen. Freedom shall happen. You're going to see miracle in your life just repenting alone. You just say, God, I'm sorry I do this thing. I don't want to sin against you anymore. I acknowledge your truth. I want to follow your truth. I sin against you. I'm not going to do it again. Boom! Things happen. Repentance is so powerful. The church doesn't talk about it enough. We're going to hear this for 11 sermons. We're going to hear many, many months this year. Okay? <laughs> Some of you say, next week I'm not going to show up. <laughs> Repentance is powerful. Amen? The act of genuine repentance allows the power of God to come into your life and it will shatter every joke and every bondage and set you free. So powerful. 
Matthew 21, 28-31 But what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and said Son, go work today in my vineyard He answered and said I will not hmm, I will not He rebelled He was stubborn But afterward he regretted it and went Then he came to the second and said likewise and he answered and said I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, As surely I say to you, that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Jesus was talking about the Pharisee and the sinners. The sinner at the beginning said no, but later on afterward, repent. And change, they got in heaven. But the religious leader, oh, I know, I can do all things, but they never repent. They may not make it to heaven. Repentance includes a heart change, a believing change, a doing change, an action change, the plan change. The Bible says that you need to prove your repentance by your fruit or your action. Matthew three eight in NLT. New Living Translation, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins. Prove it by the way you live. Matthew 3.8 in New King James Version says, Therefore, bear fruits of worthy of repentance. Your action must show that you truly repent. Let your deeds reveal true repentance from your life. If your action doesn't change, you don't truly repent. Repentance followed by the change of mind, the change of heart, and the change of action. It's one thing about coming to the altar, cry like a baby, and sob on the floor for four hours. God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But when you get up from the floor and you go back and do the same thing, you don't repent. You can cry for ten hours. You can regret about what you did wrong, like Judas Iscariot. He regretted that he saw Jesus, but he killed himself. He never repented. Amen? Repentance will bring the change of action, but it starts from the heart here. When your heart changes, when you repent, when your heart repents, when you humble yourself before God, acknowledge the truth, agree with Him that what you are doing is wrong according to the truth, mighty things are going to happen to you. The devil will lose his grip upon your life. He will not be able to do anything to you anymore. You will be set free from his trap and his snare. And you're going to be free. You're going to come out from being perished, being destroyed. Last, later on the sermon, we're going to show you example after example in the Bible. How repentance saved people from being destroyed. Again and again and again. I show you example today, just introduction, just a First, teaching about God's way out. If you refuse to repent, you can get into the place one day. Trouble to the point that God will not even help you and let you go. If you repent, you turn around, God is going to help you to come out and you are going to be in a better place. Repentance is the way out from being destroyed. Refusing to repent is not good. You need to repent as soon as possible. 
in Matthew 21 that I read a while ago. A son said no to the father, but later on he went out to work in the vineyard. He went out. The other son replied yes, but he did not go. In the church, there are two kinds of people: talkers and doers. The first guy say no, he didn't talk, but he did it. The second guy, the second kind of Christian. They will take your whole day, talking, 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 whole day until you get tired listening. They know all. They can quote all the scripture. They know all the theology. They just keep talking, 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 like the second son. But when the time of have to pick up the chair, do something in the church, they leave, go home. They do nothing because they are not doers. They are talkers. And the next day they find somebody else to talk again, chat, 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 chat. But they never repent. They never do anything. They never follow the the word that they quote the scripture because they never repent. Which one you gonna be, the first son or the second son? I want to be the, like the first son. I make some mistake, but I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm gonna do it. Amen. Which son in Matthew 21 pleased the father? Which one? The first one. It's not about. What you say now and what you do now, but it's about what you do at the end. It's not about terrible thing you do today. Start out that way, but it's about at the end what you do with it. You may make a big mistake today. You repent and you change. At the end, God is happy. But people who act religious and say, "I know I'm very good Christian." But they never do anything with it. God is not happy. I don't want to be a talker Christian. I want to be a doer Christian. Amen. You may start being hard-headed, mean, and carnal, but if you repent and turn around, believe me, you're going to be in a better place than people who talk nice, sweet, but never do anything with that, what they talk about. They never obey the Bible. I'd rather be the first son, who sometimes stubborn and say, "Oh no," but I do it anyway. Amen. What kind of Christian we want to be? I show you one example: the man that was so anointed and used by God, he was so blessed by God. He became an apostle in Jerusalem. His name is Peter. Let's look at his life, John thirteen three to nine. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside His garments, took a towel and girded Himself. After that, He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which He was girded. Then He came to Simon Peter. Look at how Simon Peter respond. Simon Peter always say wrong thing. <laughs> And Peter said to him, "Lord, are you watching my feet?" Jesus answered and said to him, "What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this." Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Did he say the right thing? No. He had an attitude. Jesus answered him. If I do not watch you, you have no part with me. Then 
right at the spot he repented he made mistake first but what is the end of the story he did the right thing he said to him lord not my feet only but also my hands and my head peter make mistake all the time but he has one good quality he repented very quickly and he was used by god brother and sister don't be stubborn don't be hard headed don't use all the rational to argue with god you can quote all the scripture you can say this and that but when god come and correct you to the sermon or your pastor come and say to you something i don't care i'm stubborn you act very religious i know everything but you never repent that is the pharisees we need to repent quickly like peter if we want to be used by god if we want god to bless us and get us out of the destruction because if you go that road of being stubborn hard-headed and don't want to repent one day you're going to end up in the place that you're going to regret because it's too late god give you enough years to repent he still give you some time to repent but if you still stubborn one day you face something a few days ago people ask me why sometimes sound like my prayer doesn't get and i pray for somebody god doesn't answer my prayer for that person I answer that question. I say, do you know there are so many things about prayer? Faith, pray the right thing, pray the the will of God. And one thing that is related to prayer is that you don't know what is going on with that person. You don't know the whole life. You try to pray that they will be healed, but actually they never be healed because they never repent. It's not about you praying, not praying the right way, but that person get into that destruction because they never repent. They still cheat tithe. Cheat money from God. They still gossiping about their pastor. They still complaining. They still, and they listen to the sermon every Sunday. They just say, "I don't care," and they give all the rationale not to repent. Brothers and sisters, oh, so quiet today. You love me today. I know that. Peter yielded. Peter repented right away. Brother and sister, we should repent right away when we confront with the truth. Amen. When we heard the truth, acknowledge the truth, we should right away repent. You know why we should repent every day? I tell you the truth. Even I repent every day. This is the fact of life. We don't know everything. We n- never make the right decision all the time. We sometimes make wrong decision. Even I pass along. Sometimes I make wrong decision. Once I find out I make wrong decision, I repent right away. I don't know everything, and I can make wrong decision and make a wrong move because I don't know everything. Actually, it just happened to me two days ago. I repented. I was so upset with a group of people, and I told them, "I'm not going to go there and preach because you make me upset, Pastor Da." Corrected me. Calm down. Think about the chief. They're gonna come to the meeting. Many soul. 
you get upset with the leader, but think about them. I make a wrong choice. I email back and say, "I'm sorry. I'm going still." I repented right away because of my emotion at that time. So mad. I'm still human. <laughs> you don't think that I'm perfect, okay? I'm still human, so I make wrong decision. But once I confronted with the truth, Pastor Da say, "Repent. You need to go, no matter what." I repented at the spot. We all make wrong choices. We all make wrong decisions. We know in part. We don't know everything. All Christians in the world still make mistakes, like that first son who say no. But the key: once you know you're wrong, at that second, turn around, change your mind, change your action, say sorry to God, say sorry to people. God can only use people like this in a great way. People who humble themselves, receive the grace of God, obey God, simple heart, repent quickly instead of being stubborn and and hard-headed all the time, think that they know everything. We need to be simple, humble people who can repent easily. Even when my daughter and my son corrected me in the house. Sometimes I make some wrong move or have a bad attitude. My daughter will come to me, Dad. I think you're wrong. I repent right away. Even kids come to you, Hey, Daddy, you're wrong. Repent right away. Don't be stubborn. You're just kid. Don't tell me what's going on. I know better than you. We need to be humble people. God can send kids to talk to you. God can send cow to talk to you and dog to talk to you. Maybe golden fish to talk to you, to repent. Amen. Amen? We all make mistake, little little one every day. So please, if you want to come out from destruction, if you want to be happier, you want to be blessed with the grace of God, you want to be successful, be used of God, be full of the blessing of Abraham. The first word that Jesus preached in Mark chapter three: repent. And believe in the good news. That is the message Jesus preached. Repent is the daily thing that we need to do and to practice. Wow! Hallelujah! Are you ready for the second sermon next week? It's going to be fun. I preach about grace and grace and grace for a whole year. Now we're gonna get some heavy message this year. The other son said yes, but he never do it. My dear brother and sister, what God look at you is what you do at the end. You make wrong decision now, but if you turn around quickly like the first son, you will be in a better place. Don't be like the second son who said yes, but do nothing about it. Amen. Be a doer Christian, willing to change any time. Change your mind, your attitude, your motive, the way you live, the way you say things. Everyone say repentance is a gift. I want to conclude this. The Lord has done everything for you already. He has done everything for you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. He forgave you. He has done everything already. 
at the cross by Jesus Christ. Now is your turn. He did already. Now is your turn. What is your turn? Repent. Don't blame God if you get into trouble. Don't blame God when you get into financial problem, get into sickness or something. Don't blame God. God has done everything for you. What you need to do to come out from being perished, being destroyed, is to repent every single day. You do your part. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for reminding your church to repent every day, to come out from destruction, the snare and the trap of Satan. Lord, you say in the Bible, Lord, that you are not willing that anyone should perish, but that they all will come into repentance. We see from 2 Peter 3, 9, Lord, repentance is the key to get out from perishing or destruction. Lord, if we have sinned against you that we don't even know, please reveal the truth to us that we can acknowledge the truth Lord, you are always right. We are not always right. Sometimes we are wrong. And any time you show us from the Scripture or from the Holy Spirit that we are wrong, we agree that you are always right and we are sometimes wrong. And once we realize that we are wrong, Lord, we will repent right away. We want to put this teaching into practice, Father. We are not going to be stubborn people, hard hated people, arrogant people like the Pharisees. We don't want to be like the second son in the story, Matthew 21. We want to be like the first son who say no at the beginning, make mistake at the beginning, like Peter who say wrong things at the beginning, but at the end, within a few seconds, he repented right away. Thank you, Father, to remind your church of this truth again loves you Lord we believe this message will go all over the world many Christians around the world will hear this message so that the church of Jesus Christ will be ready for the second coming of the Messiah repent and believe in the good news in Jesus name Amen thank you Jesus If anyone in this room say that I want to make sure that I will go to heaven, I'm a real born again Christian. I want to ask you to do what Jesus said. Repent and believe in the good news. Believe in Jesus. If you want to do that, pray with me. Amen. We don't know we have tomorrow. We don't know even we have tonight. This decision has to be made before we die. If we die, it's too late. We need to make decision as soon as possible to follow Jesus and to repent of our sin. If you want to do that, pray with me. Yes, pray with me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you want to do that, stand up. Stand up and pray with me. Maybe you call yourself Christian for a long year. You believe in Jesus, but you miss one component of being a Christian. 
You believe in the good news, yeah, good, good news, but you never repent. You miss that part, and you don't make it to heaven. That's why your life is in miserable all the time, because you never repent. Pray with me, Father in heaven. I repent of my sin today. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Lord, from now on, I will have a lifestyle of repentance. If I do wrong, show me, Lord. I will repent right away. Oh Lord, I will not ignore the words of correction. From people around me, I will not be prideful, hard-headed, and stubborn. I will humble myself, admit my faults, regret of it, and turn away, change my heart, change my action, change what I'm doing, and follow you every single day, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you did everything for me. I do my part. I believe in you, and I repent. Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If some of you want me to pray for, maybe you struggle with some sinful habit. Maybe you have some things in your life that you feel that you need God to help you. I will pray for you here. The rest, if you need to go, I understand. If you need to leave, but if you stay around, please keep quiet. Honor the presence of God here. Please.
about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. 